You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. We have like a little bit of a connectivity, like a little bit of a lag on our side. Do you have anything running on you? Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's like, I'm I'm downloading like 12 episodes of yeah. Mad TV. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Am I allowed to drink wine on on camera? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. I know. I wish I was gonna get some wine, but I've been. I had COVID, and I was like, I should not be drinking. I know. I know. Well, I just want to welcome to the podcast today uh, our very good friend Kristen is the host of an upcoming podcast, Dinky, which is going to be launching sometime this summer. Yes, sometimes this summer. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you for having me. What was the title again? Dinky. It's like a double income, no kids, but with a Y at the end. Uh, okay. Pretty clever, right? Like we're like so quirky and original. <laughs> I, love, no, I love that. Is this, is this, a, is this a fellow husband uh, wife podcast? No, it's actually me and my best friend from college. So we go hard on whether we should have kids and she is full dink. She is full child free and I'm like more on the fence than her. So it's kind of like, you know, what's the stats? What's the data? Where do we want to go? That kind of thing. Okay, Kristen, I feel like there is no better expert in my life and maybe in the northern hemisphere of what it is like to date during a pandemic. Yeah. Not only date, but to procure a fiance yes. and a husband subsequently. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about like, what was your philosophy going into the pandemic and dating altogether? Oh, man, what a great opening question um, that I did not think too much about. So what was it? I mean, honestly, at this point, I was 33 and I had been going so hard at dating for my entire adult life, like serial monogamous trying to procure a husband that I liked and who liked me. <laughs> double trouble. And total double trouble. And when we, you know, when I was single, I went hard. I mean, Eleanor, you witnessed some of this. I treated dating like a full-time job. I was on like four dates a week. Um, it took all of my soul and, uh, you know, effort. So when I went into the pandemic, I had, honestly, I had not touched a person in like three months. When you got quarantined or like as soon as quarantine started? I at quarantine, I was single, like totally single. Wasn't I was kind of seeing a dude who I like broke it off with. And we kept like being like, should we? Should we just get married? It's a it's a pandemic. Yeah, uh, that was a dead end. Uh, and I knew it. And I was just like, well, do I just keep doing this until the pandemic ends in like a couple months? Right. Or a couple weeks or like whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's only going to be a few weeks. So I might as well keep making out with a guy that I was already making out with. So what I actually started like dating like, oh, crap, this is going to take a long time to like, this is not like a couple weeks kind of thing. Cut it off with the other dude who, by the way, was like, I know was not safe. And I was trying to be super safe in COVID early days. You were like 
incredibly safe. You were quarantining your groceries. Like there was, I, I was washing those groceries, uh, with Lysol. Like I was one of those. Uh, so I was super safe. And so when I started like seriously dating, I actually got like really lucky with my now husband. I I think I was like simultaneously like seeing like three or four people who I, and we would only meet outside. And I had the perfect setup, like an outdoor deck that I would invite men, strange men on the internet to my outdoor deck. (laughs) Uh, And then we would like do, you know, drinks and food or whatever, but totally separate. And so, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I I just met him. I got really super lucky. He had just moved to town. It's one of those situations where you got to get them when they're fresh. Yeah, especially in Seattle. Yeah, that was what we would always say in Denver. Denver's nickname is Menver because it's just all dudes and bros. Oh, no. And so you'd have to like meet the girls that just moved there who don't know anyone yet and like become friends with them if you wanted a girl. Like that was the best way to get a girlfriend for sure. Exactly. So I snatched up the first man living with his parents in his 30s (laughs) and still going to school. And I was like, this is the one. This is the the one. Wait, wait, I want to go back to this, uh, to the, to the patio. Was this like a Romeo and Juliet situation where you were like at a balcony and like pretty much literally suitors were coming to the bottom of the balcony? A Corona Cafe was the name of it. <laughs> I like literally put a sign up that was like, this is the Corona Cafe, five stars on Yelp. And, uh, I had a little window from my kitchen so I could serve people through my kitchen onto the patio. Oh my gosh. So I could be inside getting food and drink and they would just sit outside the whole time and then like, you know, basically, I could do everything. Sounds pretty nice. It was great. So this poses, though, a very classic quandary, which is to be able to have a good getaway plan if it's going poorly, mm-hmm. right? So like, I don't mm-hmm. know what you used to do, what you did pre-pandemic. If you're inviting men to the, the Corona Cafe, it's on your property. Like how yeah. did you have any moments where you had to like, uh, like evict a suitor or had to be like, we do an hour and 30 minutes max. And even if I like you have to leave. Closing up shop. You know what? Eleanor, and you know this of me probably better than most because we've had a couple experiences together like this. I make them think I like them the entire time. Yeah, of course you do. And I just I go with it and I'm like, this is great. You know, it drags on too long. And I'm like, I wish this guy would leave, but I'm nice. So I'm like, I'll just see where this goes. I'll just have a couple more beers. or And it's kind of like nice. You meet somebody new. You're talking about cool things. You're meeting somebody like, yeah, even though I know immediately like I'm not into this person, I'm kind of like, yeah. Well, we're already here. Let's enjoy the night. And so I, I, and then they leave after several hours of me wasting my time. And then I let them down. <laughs> Do you like text them like an hour later? No. no, I like play it out for like a couple of days. And then I usually say, oh, I met somebody else. It's progressing um, <laughs> okay. faster. So I'm Ooh, sorry. that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. When you how many dates did you bring to the Corona Cafe? I think I had like four. I saw one guy several times. I feel bad for that guy because I saw him several times and I wouldn't like let him in my house. And he was <laughs> a nice person. And then like one guy came over total under false pretenses, like lied to me, like up a storm and then got to my house and then like unloaded like all this. And in- I could I could have a podcast just about my dating adventures. Honestly, yes. this it's so intriguing. Yeah. Could you quickly summarize what false pretenses these were like? Yes. Was he on the lamb or something? Like, what do you mean? Like, okay, so I think I was very clear in my profile. I wanted to get married, like want to have kids. It was like where you could like put like what you're interested in, what you're looking for. So I think I was like very serious, like this is what I'm looking for, yada, yada. And one guy, <laughs> first of all, was like early days of the pandemic, right? Where like I'm and I'm paranoid. So I told him, hey, like 
when you get to my house, like just text me, I'll, I'll come meet you around back. And he was like, cool, is it okay if I bring my dog? And I was like, no, actually, like my dog's kind of weird. She is. She's weird. <laughs> and I was like, it's like better if we just let's not bring that anxiety into our first date. And so he was like, cool. So he shows up at my house. First of all, comes directly to the door. I open the door like shocked because I'm like, dude, I told you to freaking text me. He goes in for a hug. And I'm like, dude, this is COVID. We don't hug yet. Get out. Like, I like remember. Like, I don't even know you. Like, I don't know if I would hug you if I wasn't in COVID. Like, we don't know each other. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then he goes, oh, and my dog's in the car. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, are you kidding me? Like so many red flags, like immediately off, off the bat. And then we go back to the backyard. I'm already like annoyed. He tells me not only does he have a child, which she didn't, you know, we were talking. He didn't tell me this. But he was going through a divorce and he was only going to be polyamorous for the rest of his life. Oh, tight. And he was like looking for like his like lead, you know. Oh, his bottom bitch. My. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying to build a harem and you were going to be number one. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know where that guy is and I don't want to (laughs) know. It was bad. It was bad. It's like any one of those aside from the etiquette stuff, right? Like there's just like etiquette stuff. Yeah. Those are big tentpole things. Totally. Like yeah. kid, divorce, polyamory. Like, yeah. Well, like, and first of all, like I totally was, I was dating some the guy who came over several times. He had two kids. And so I had no problem dating somebody with kids. I had a problem with like the fact that like, he didn't disclose any of this information up front. Yeah. And I was pushing back on him. He wanted to meet up in person, like really pushy. And I was like, he's like, let's meet up in person. I'm like, why don't we do a FaceTime date? This is like back when like FaceTime dates were like fine, you know? And I, I was think, like, why don't we yeah. do this first? And like, wow. and I'm like, dude, you just wasted my time on so many levels. Like, I don't trust you. I don't like you. Get out. But I didn't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, pretend, I was like, like oh, all night. <laughs> yes, I love everything about you. And then. And, you know, this is year after years of dating. It's another one of these situations. Like, I'm just going to, like, be celibate. Like, I'm over it. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't do How this quickly anymore. after that did you meet your... Like, like, like two weeks. Like, two or three weeks. Wow. There you go. Yeah. And how quickly into dating did you guys realize this is serious? Our first date turned into a conversation about weddings and what our wedding could look like. Like, it was, um, it was like, both of us. Whoa. Like, our we- what our wedding could look like? Or yeah. wow. wow. It was instantaneous. It was, like, love at first date. It, like, it was done. It was done. It yeah. It was like, let's just get this out of the way. Seal the deal. Yeah. <laughs> so once you once you found a man you liked, the whole, like, Scandals. no germs kind of went out the window? Well, it's funny because my friend, uh, my good friend Marie, she texted me. Like, she was like, how's the date? And I was like, oh, my God, it's, like, eight hours. We're still going. Like, still in the Corona Cafe, you know? And she was like, Kristen, we are in phase two. Open <laughs> the door. Let him in. And I was like, she's right. We're in. And it was like that day. It was our first. It was phase two. We're in phase two. Phase on, two. Um, it's phase, phase two. two. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's so funny. Um, well, I will have to. I, I do want to disclose. I, I hadn't thought about that before getting onto the call with you. But Kristen was the first person I told after my first date with Andy. That's right. That I was like, this is this is the guy. I wow. went on a date with Andy. It was our first coffee date. And then we had plans for me to come over to your house, hang out with your then boyfriend. I came over, like I drank like three beers and was like, I'm going to probably marry this guy. And you guys were like, <laughs> okay. No, you know, Eleanor, the way I remember it was like, we weren't hanging out and you called me and you were like, we weren't supposed to have plans. And oh, you're like, really? You I was like, I have to come over oh, and wow. talk to you. Wow. I mean, yeah. Appointment TV. Yes. 
Yeah. That's so amazing. And you guys were like, we have plans. And I was like, well, like, cancel them because I'm coming over. <laughs> my grandma died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I always knew Kristen would like welcome me with open arms there if I go. was like, do you want to have a glass of wine and talk about things? Oh, no, it was amazing. That's that's like the Seinfeld life I want to live. I just want people to like, come on over, drop by. I know. Bring a bottle of wine. The Let's best. talk about boys. I love that. I love that, yeah. too. I know you love to talk about boys, Andy. Eleanor was my first coffee date, I think. Women always Dropping wanted truth bombs. women always wanted a meal. Oh, really? oh interesting. Yes. yes. If I if we like met up for a drink or whatever, it was almost always like it was usually like if you meet at like five or six, they had just gotten off work and they're like, I haven't eaten, let's eat. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's yeah. So why I wanted to do like coffee on a weekend is because I was so t I didn't want to do like every single first date be like a three hour date, four hour date. And I wasn't meeting that many people that I was like really interested in. And I was like, I got to like get reps and just like meet a lot of people without like such a big commitment as right. going to dinner every single time. Yeah. That's so funny. I don't, I just, I would rather not go to dinner. Same. I don't think I ever went on a first date to dinner. Right. Yeah. I think it's a lot of pre-vetting for me. I think I really cut the fat like early on, like they had to meet certain conditions. Like it was, you know. Yeah. How do you do that online though? Did you have like a questionnaire? Uh, no, but I do have friends who like literally had Excel spreadsheets who uh, <laughs> had formulas and all sorts of fun stuff. Gosh, I feel like different periods. I feel like I, I can't blanket statement how I was because I think I went through different phases where I was like really stringent on like requirements. And then it kind of got looser and looser, you know, depending on the era of the dating. Generally, I was pretty, you know, specific in what I was interested in, what kind of person I was interested in. And then I'll, really, honestly, one of the bigger ones was like, where is the date and what is the date? Oh, interesting. I got really like fed up with guys not planning dates well asking me out and not having a plan drove me insane. And uh, there, there were several times where I just like pulled the plug on dates because I was Damn. like, I would literally just be like, why don't you pick the place? Happy face emoji. Like, why don't you like tell me when? Like, da, da, da. like you're asking me on a date, pick a plan a date. Yeah. I never, ever had guys take me out to dinner right away. That was never, I'm like shocked to hear that was Andy's experience. I, maybe it's I'm so just different. the biggest sucker on earth. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but I mean, for one, you said you were going on four dates a week. Yeah. Like, do you know how much money that would cost if you're a dude and you were taking four people out to eat every single week? I don't know about Eleanor, but most men didn't even pay for my drinks. Like, most men didn't. Even, I would have guys take me out to coffee and not pay for my coffee. And I'm oh, like, for sure. What? Yes. Okay. Not only was I going to dinner with every one of these women, also, I didn't go on a lot of dates. Let's just say that. I wasn't going on dates that frequently, but I was always paying for the dinner too. There no. was never like an opportunity where it was like we were splitting or some shit like See, that. See, I would always offer to split. And to, to Kristen's point, most of the time when we would go for like a drink, like maybe what do you want? But often we'd both go up to the the bar and like get drinks and like right. pay separately. And right. then this is like you guys were must apparently they can get away with software it. engineers. Yes. Both of them. <laughs> I mean, who had spreadsheets. There were some in there. Yeah. Their spreadsheets yeah. were like, how much am I paying for this lady and how can I cut her like nickel and dime her out of her <laughs> out of her not spending my money? I had guys ask me on second dates. That made me so angry. Guy asked me on a second date who misrepresented himself physically, but that's another story. We're gonna have to have you back. <laughs> like I said, I, I could I could write a novel. And he took me on a second date. And he was like, well, why don't we go to dinner this time? And I'm like, that's great. The second date can be a dinner that you invite me to. And then like, I'll pay for drinks or I'll pay for dessert or like, you know, 
some kind of contribution to yeah, the date. Yeah. Um, or even nothing because he invited you on a second date. Right. So I went to like a nice dinner, didn't even offer to pay. But he was like, let's like, like we split it down the middle. And he's a lawyer, by the way. So I'm like, it's not like you're like penny yeah. you know, pension. You know yeah. I mean? So he d- didn't offer to pay for like dinner. It was like assumed we would split it. And then he was like, we want to go to another bar after this. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. I was like on the fence and I was like leaning towards not liking you. And then when you invite me to dinner and then don't even try to pay for my dinner, I was then I'm like, OK, goodbye. That's an, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. That's bad form. I'm like the least social norms and like rules person ever also like very frugal and very frugal and i also feel like the man having to pay for the first date just makes everything so much easier it just simplifies the whole situation if you invite someone out offer to pay for them totally agree totally just like if if i'm inviting like a man out or if i'm inviting another woman out if i'm inviting my polyamorous crew out like i'm just gonna pay that's just my my harem out my harem out (laughs) my sister wives i'm gonna offer to pay Uh, that's just that Let's move on to the question. User Risa writes, When I was in high school, my boyfriend was an artist. He was a super talented artist and a great person. Sadly, he passed away long ago. I would pose for him for some of his projects while we were dating, including once fully nude. I know, scandalous. He gave the painting to me when we broke up, and I stashed it away so my parents wouldn't accidentally discover it. This was years ago, but I still have it. I was thinking about tossing it, but now I'm considering giving it to my husband instead as a sort of gift. My question is, is that weird? Would a husband even want something like this? Or should I move on and just get rid of it? All right. What are your initial thoughts, Kristen? Me? I go first? Yeah. Oh, man. My initial reaction is this is for her and not for him. My face grew long (laughs) said an expression (laughs) when I saw the part about her trying to give it to her husband I'm sorry that is just don't like it no thanks I mean there's so many things too to think about in terms of like the intention of keeping it like what is why is she keeping it why is she holding on to it is it like because it brings her back to this time and she really appreciates her former lover and it makes her happy like I think there's nothing wrong with holding on to like old momentums from boyfriends exes like that's great. Don't give it to your partner. Your new partner doesn't want that. <laughs> Why the regift? I don't get that part of it. Like, I, I totally agree with you, Kristen. Like, you could keep it. You could hang it on your wall. Like, if Eleanor pulled out, like, whipped out, a, like, an artisanal nude, I would, and she wanted to hang it on the wall in our bedroom, I'd be like, okay. Even if it was from a former boyfriend, I'd be like, that's fine. I think that's cool. Yeah. You dated an artist. He made some art of you naked, and you want to have it and keep it. That's totally fine with me. Why, like, go through, like, the ceremony of giving it to me? Right. Do either of you keep anything from past relationships? It's really funny timing because I just went home to where I grew up in New Jersey to visit my mom for Mother's Day. And I came across a whole slew of, oh my, I like, it boggles my mind how many notes I passed 
back and forth between one of my boyfriends in high school and I kept ev- like almost every single one of them. Oh my gosh. And it's in a binder. Like it's in like, <laughs> it's like pages and pages. And I, and I read it and my mom like hates this ex-boyfriend. Like she still remembers him. And she's like, oh, why just throw it away? Like, what are you doing with Burn it? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I actually like find like a lot of humor in it. Like I think it's like, and it's so sentimental. Like I, I will literally, if this man came up to my door and was like, a billionaire and was like, please marry me. I'd be like, never go away. Like I have literally (laughs) zero ever interest in ever talking to this man and having any romantic relationship with him ever. But I love, I like loved reliving it through this notebook that I had. And did so you're keeping it. Yes. Will you, did you bring it home with you? No. And I wonder if there's a, there's some distinction there, right? Like, is it weird if I keep like old boyfriends, photos and notes under our bed? <laughs> like my husband's uh, yeah. bed? Like, I think it kind of is. I do like the idea that you're like, your romance storage unit is your mom's house. Yeah. Because what is the, what is the intent of you bringing that home? Like once you bring it into your marital home, why? What? What are we doing with it? Why do you have it? Well, Andy, do you have anything in our marital no, home? Of course not. I don't have. I've never been given anything. I mean, Nobody's I give you things. Do you keep any of the things I give you? Yeah, I have like some. I have some notes, like some cards. Got some notes. Card. I have greeting cards. I got like a note or two. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will say I have a box of love letters. I know you have from all of like. Yours. Yeah. I don't want to say like countless boyfriends, but I do have like thousands. Oh, I have letters from every long-term relationship. And I have letters from like moments that felt nostalgic to me too, that were maybe more blips on the radar. Um, I have like art that's hanging in our house from past relationships. Well, I didn't I know have... this. Which one? <laughs> so we have a Colorado poster on our wall. The, oh, the guy fishing? Yeah. That was a gift from a past boyfriend. Oh. How do you feel about that, Andy? Yeah, how do you feel I like, about that? I like that poster. I thought you meant that you had like a... Pink, like nude art No, no I thought myself. you meant a creation of someone who... Would that change it for you? Uh, No, but I just didn't know we were displaying former boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to be aware. I need a consent to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you asked me to get rid of that stuff, I would be like, it would be a hard ask. Yeah, I wouldn't ever. Th- I never even have thought about that. Because it's a it, to even me- when you're up in the attic crying and reading them, like I'm just I don't even think about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> what? what do you think happens up in the attic? I'm just <laughs> I do have them in the attic, and it's I do amazing. read them every once in a while. But like, it's more like I go through like all of my childhood ephemera, right. and there's like stuff you know, there's it's stuff from my best friends yeah. as much as there's stuff from my ex boyfriends. I, I I mean, I find it so harmless to be honest. Yeah, I find this nude painting of her to be really harmless too. I just don't. Literally, my only qualm with it is the regift. Okay, Kristen, if you won, if your husband had a nude portrait of himself, would you want to display it on your wall? I would get it reproduced and, and do <laughs> Adam. mural holster, oh yes. mural sized <laughs> prints. Yeah. Well, that, that's just so weird. For the, the circumstances in which a man has to be like naked and a girlfriend paints him, like already, I like think it's hilarious. <laughs> and I, I would be like, idea. yes. Let's hang it up just for the joke, you know? Um, 
I don't know. I feel like maybe it's like the conversation surrounding the art piece that's really important. Like, and to Andy's point, like the fact that it's like a ceremony where it's like, I am gifting you this. That's the only acceptable like action here is she's like, I have it. So I'm going to gift it. Yeah. Like there's so many in-between states that are make more sense. Right. It's not, yeah, it's not a binary of like, you have to destroy this or you can gift it to your new husband. <laughs> right. Like that's, there's, those aren't the two options. <laughs> Would you ever get a nude portrait of yourself created, whether it's photographic or painted? No. And, you know, I, I, I say that I say that with like certainty because I've thought about this because I have a lot of friends who when they've gotten married, apparently it's like customary to like, you know, have a very over-sexualized photo shoot or something. Boudoir. It's called it. boudoir. There you go. Boudoir. Look how French you guys are. <laughs> First of all, I, I don't even really want kids, you know, very much. And I still can't like imagine like, what if somebody, what if somebody I knew saw it? What if my parent, what if I die and my parents find this? Like, I don't know. It doesn't feel private. It can like just be running in your head when I'm not around yeah. on your own privately. So my dad's an artist and he paints nudes very frequently. That's like he loves a good he loves a nude. Oh, yeah. and he has painted my mother nude when they were in a relationship when they were married. And my mom got that painting in the divorce like he gifted that painting in the divorce Whoa. and she had it hanging in her bathroom growing up. But in high school, People who like used to sleep over got wind of it, right? And so oh, they yeah. like wanted to go see it. And so then whenever I had like a party at my house, all the guys would be like, Can we go to your mom's bathroom and like look at this nude? And they would go up to the bathroom and be like, Oh my God. You know, and I don't That's know. That's so awesome. I, I would have loved that. Right. In high it was right. like a very right. like it was like a showstopper <laughs> for high school boys. First of all, I know what I'm getting Eleanor for her birthday. Never. I'm the same as Chris and no. No, thank a commissioned you. nude of me. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Should have seen that no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's hear from the Redditors. User Facts or Fictions responds, how old were you when this was painted? I wouldn't feel weird about it being painted by an ex, but if you were underage at the time, I would definitely feel weird about that. Even if you were 18, I feel like a nude portrait of you as a high schooler would be uncomfortable, like looking at a naked child. All right. Why would your mind have to go there? Like, that's not even part of the question. I know. My brain did not go there at all. Okay. So OP did respond. I was 16 at the time. Do you think, does that add any layers to this discussion? I, I definitely think so. Yeah. If it was a boy, would it make any difference? I'm just thinking of like the Nirvana album yeah. with like the boy, you know, like that was done in the sake of art yeah, and that's like, fair. It's, you know, a young boy. And I mean, I, that, that, that guy actually did like end up years later suing. Basically the court shut him down because they were like, you've like capitalized on like this fame for so long. And now you were trying to like gain more from it basically. So yeah. go away. Yeah. I, I, I think if it's an underage portrait, that's like a, like there's a non-starter. No, not hanging that up. Yeah. Period. Now it's a question of, do I destroy it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> or not. If you, if it was your photo and you're like, yeah, I was 16, but I still think it's a great piece of art and I want to hang it up. I think I'm still fine with that. I do think it's different if it's a piece of art of yourself and you're like, I didn't feel exploited. I was completely consenting. Mm-hmm. I think this is artistic and intent. 
also you're gifting this now you're gifting this to your husband saying, and now you're inc- he's incurring all the debt of those decisions that, like now he's like well i don't want it right now do i it. destroy it because it's a like picture of my underage wife do i like am i offending her if i don't want it and don't want to keep it up because, like yeah it's just you're, you're kind of just like offloading this problem onto your husband and it's like not his problem and it's not his yeah it's probably not that excited to deal with this problem let alone like have the picture. What happens when the plumber comes or the cleaning lady or like, what do you do with the painting every time? Like, is it okay for like strangers to see a 16 year old naked person? Yeah. How like a painting in your room? Like, I, I don't know. It's weird. so weird. It's so strange. We're getting into such a weird, <laughs> this is such a good plot twist that we discovered in the, in the Reddit uh, the Redditors, yeah. The Redditors. yeah. I have one, I have, I have one other Redditor response that I think is worth reading. User, the hip replacement response. <laughs> It's weird to give as a gift. Had the portrait been from an artist you weren't intimately involved with, you might make the argument that it's just art. But this was painted by a boyfriend for his girlfriend. It's the same as a love letter. It would be weird to bring that into your current relationship. That's not to say you can't enjoy it. It's a very sweet, romantic gesture. I might take a screenshot of the painting and maybe get rid of it. As weird as it sounds, maybe it's something you might consider giving back to his parents. Obviously, there's layers of awkwardness baked in there, but <laughs> it's something their son put a lot of work into, and they may cherish the chance to see something new that he did. Should the OP gift this to her ex-boyfriend's family? I mean, this is obvious. Absolutely not. Like, no <laughs> I mean, can. It, it, is, but it, no. it is, but it's also... I mean, the the underage thing really throws a whole damper on this party. I think there's like two things that I keep thinking of. One is like the analogy of like the love letter, the poetry. Like, would you give a love letter that your ex-boyfriend who died wrote to you to his parents? No. No. And second of all, like, would he have wanted that? No. I don't, on his behalf. Like, I don't think that's like a personal moment that he gave to his partner. I would, I would be horrified if like I wrote some very let's say it's an over sexualized letter in this case right to a former partner I died and then he's like oh like I thought you would like this mom and dad like yeah no I don't want anyone seeing that but my 16 year old sex poems <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your TLDR? What's your TLDR, Kristen? Like, if you have to say, this is I, this is the advice I'm giving OP, what would you distill it as? That was a gift for you that was not intended for anyone else. Great TLDR. I think uh, there's more than one way you can handle this. You don't need to, like, assume you need to destroy it or give it to your husband. You can do other things with it and figure out what you want to do with it. It is your property. I think if you care that much about it, keep it and keep it to yourself. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks so much, Kristen. We st- we did it. We solved it. Case solved. Case solved. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Talk to us a little bit more about Dinky. When are you guys going to launch and, and what are you guys, kind of topics are you guys going to cover? Can you hear the dogs? Yes. Are there multiple dogs? Two. Yeah. Two pups. What's yeah. the other pup? Uh, one is, uh, my husband's dog. His name is Pungo. He is like a 110 pound hound mix. Oh All my right. gosh. Um, he's a large boy. And then obviously my, my little dachshund mix. Winnie. Winnie. They're both nightmares in their own way. Love them. Um, 
What was the question? <laughs> Dinky. Dinky. I, you know, this is my first time pitching it to another person. I've only ever just talked about it with my friend, who's my co-host. But Dinky is like a podcast coined after i'm working through this we know for sure it's a podcast it's not going to be a visual diary dinky i'm just going to keep saying over and over again dinky is a podcast it's about (laughs) dual income no kid uh women who are trying to navigate whether they want to become mothers and they do it in a way that's presenting data facts you know information in a way that's fun this topic can be so heavy. Yeah, oh yeah. I, we're, we're trying to make it fun and like silly and like work through it together as friends from college who can't do anything right in their real lives. So why should they become mothers? <laughs> Lots of questions to be answered coming this summer. Amazing. See, right. I think that, that worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think you did a great pitch. job. Sweating. Sweating. I'm excited. Andy, is there anything you'd like to promote? Book. I've got. A, I still have a book, uh, have a book that I released. So yeah, I just released a book uh, oh, a month or two ago. Thank you. Uh, it's called The Lost Migration. It is available on all of the digital booksellers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Uh, if you want to check it out, Lost Migration. All right. Well, there's nothing. I have nothing to promote, but this podcast. So you're already listening, and we we're grateful. You we should, should do this again. Subscribe, rate, review, and. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Fresh Eye Experts is a production of Narrowest, a podcast network dedicated to sound inquiry. You can find more about the show at narrowest.news and at narrowest on social. That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. Our theme music is Only Knows, courtesy of Broke for Free. Additional music is Stalecase by Darby from Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.